The A-League season is upon us. It is time for our annual player season preview. Welcome to For Fuck's Sake. My name is Jason. I am joining you from the uh, the sunny confines of Sunbury, um, just in the northwest of Melbourne. It's a far cry from the good old days of the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios and the Long Beach. Um the uh, the chief analyst of FVS, Dave, he's currently away on holiday, so he's not going to be here tonight. But we've got the man of the people who uh, is going to take me uh, through our annual season preview. It was just you and I last year, buds, doing this, and we I reckon we pretty much killed it with our season preview. So I'm happy to have you on, and um, hoping that we kind of hit a few a few good notes again this year. G'day, mate, and I um, uh, hope all our listeners had a very Merry Christmas uh, and uh, a Happy New Year and can say goodbye to this uh, shitstorm of 2020. Uh, yeah, it is a running theme that you and I go off the deep end and make the big calls. Um, I think that's uh, it's a good thing. Um, it's it's sad that the Chief Analyst isn't here, but um just means that uh, you and I get to bask in the glory when we get all of these right at the end of the season. Yeah, and a bit of a, a chance to talk as well, which is uh, which is always nice when the chief analyst yeah, is I'm, around. Yeah, I might get a word in this week. It's uh, very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you the one that were you the one that counted um, how long you had um, in the first episode with uh, with with uh, Dave talking? I think it wasn't wasn't too long. I um I only did that because I had people tell me that I should count, so it wasn't me that noticed it yeah. first. Um, but, uh, right. Yeah, it okay. Was, it was it was quite it was quite funny to go back and listen to it. Actually, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's uh, it's a big episode, of course. Uh, today it's the, the season preview episode. Uh, we're going to be going through and uh, discussing some big talking points. Um, always uh, a fun episode to do. Um, we're going to be also bringing back an old favourite in just a moment's time, as well as previewing our first game against Brisbane Raw, which is coming up on Saturday night. Amy Park, that the fans are returning. It's going to be a big, big game. Um, the uh, the music theme this week, so. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, it is Wednesday night. This is uh, pretty much my last night of freedom. We're booked in for the Twins at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Um, so that's Thursday. So the podcast should be out by, by then. So it's my last night of freedom. Um, so I'm going to go with... Because I guess I'm having twins. So I'm going to go with a music theme, which is twin related. So maybe some um, musicians that are twins or something like that. Um, I might go go with that. Uninspiring, but yeah. It's all right. Isn't there the great song from Twins with Danny DeVito and um, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Take out the papers and the trash. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Twins might be a bit before my time. I think I was. I think that came out the year I was born, nineteen ninety. Yakety yak, don't talk back. I think that's the one, mate. Go go back and have a look. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a okay. Ripper, it's a all right, I might, I might put that in the post-production. Um, before we get into that, though, I do want to touch on the Patreon subscribers. So uh, with the fact that I'm having twins, uh, Buds has got a, a daughter as well. Dave's got kids. We've all got uh, jobs, uh, wives, kids, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it becomes harder and harder every year for us to do this podcast. And um, a lot of, you know, I guess, that the reason why we continue on is because of the support we get from everyone, um, from engagement on social media and things like that, to uh, ultimately contributing via Patreon. So if you are looking to contribute or show some appreciation for the pod in any way um, possible, 
please consider getting on to patreon.com slash for fuck's sake and um, contributing for this year because it could get a little bit hard for me um, with the twins the, the missus might say at any moment this is the end so we're kind of on borrowed time as it is we'll see how we go um, but if you want to show some love for the podcast and what we do please jump on to patreon.com slash for fuck's sake and uh, you can contribute uh, as little as one dollar a podcast and that helps us pump some money back into it to make it even better for for you guys listening um, since uh, the last couple of weeks uh, we've had some people jump on so as always we give shout outs to those people that, um, that jump on board as uh, subscribers or contributors so since um, the off season we've had David Brownman, uh, Felix Shucky, um, Shane Dawson, Sue Ellen Dribbing, uh, Xavier Luscombe and Alex Griffin jump on so thank you so much to those guys um, we really really do appreciate it. so thank you so much um, but this is a huge episode, so we have no time to waste. Let's get into it. You're listening to the Bucks. Oh, you don't get no spending cash if you don't scrub that kitchen floor. You ain't gonna rock and roll no more. yeah. Don't talk back. Just finish cleaning up your room. Let's see that dust fly with that broom. Get all that garbage out of sight. A very friendly reminder about the For Buck's Sake message boards. If you're looking to get involved in intelligent, like-minded discussion with very, very smart individuals about the Melbourne victory, this is the place to be this season. It's ForBuck'sSake.com. You can go on there and chat all things victory. Uh, things like the coronavirus and the VUC, uh, obviously some things kicking off in Melbourne and Sydney at the moment, which uh, may have implications on the season. Uh, we're talking about Victory versus Brisbane Raw, which is on Saturday night. You can jump on there and uh, chat all things uh, Victory versus Raw. Uh, Ryan Shotton, who is our most recent signee, um, he's been discussed as well as many, many more things. So get on to VUCsake.com and chat all things Victory related with like-minded individuals. Um, so let's, um, before we get into the, the season preview, I just want to, I just want to bring back an old favorite first. Um, it's been a little while. I, I, I kind of make sure I reserve, um, the, the resurrection of this particular segment only for really special occasions. And I think that, um, over the course of the last week or so, um, that has been warranted. So I'm going to quickly roll the music. Um, let's get into Mehmet of the week. Yeah, what do you do, you know? Um... When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's... Mehmet Jurekovic. Putting the ball at the back of the net. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's... Mehmet Jurekovic. All right, Budza, so... As I said, I, I reserve Mehmet of the Week for very, very special occasions. I think we had it for the first two or three seasons, and then since then we basically um, canned it. It was getting a little bit stale. I brought it back, I think, one more time, and I think maybe Tim Cahill retired or some shit, and, and um, since then it's been dead and buried. But uh, one man's actions throughout the, the course of the last week has demanded that we address it and that we also award um, Daryl Braithwaite with the Mehmet of the Week. So 
Um, for a little bit of background as to why Daryl Braithwaite is member of the week, so he obviously has that hit song, Horses, which he's been dining out on for 30 years, um, pretty much rocks up to any kind of corporate event, uh, does the Cox Plate every year, um, an iconic Australian song which uh, he's been pretty much living off um, for the last 30 years. If, if you, you know, ask Daryl what else he does, you probably doesn't do much else apart from just turn up play his song for five minutes, collect his $5,000 or whatever he's uh, he's asking for these days. I'd say about, about $5,000 um, probably. He's, it's, it's been quite a renaissance in the last five years, six years. Um, he doesn't sing it well either. No, he's he's a terrible live performer. We saw that at Victory in Business, I think, maybe twenty. Maybe 2016 or 2015, we were we were lucky enough to go to Victory in Business. And he wasn't wasn't a great live singer, but we looked past all of that because it was a great song, and uh, we brought it up on this podcast to kind of rally the club to play it after games. And you know, it was very organic. It was mostly the fans that were singing it after games, and the club followed suit by playing it um, over the PA. Um, later on, so it became this organic thing, this very much a victory thing. It's not it's not completely unique because I think um, other sports clubs in Australia but kind of it, use this song as an unofficial anthem. It came from a Bucks night from a uh, a once very prominent uh, Terrace member and it went from a piss take to full-blown booking Daryl for victory corporate events. So it was, yes. it was quite a successful piss take. Yeah, so Daryl's been enjoying the fruits of our labour, really, um, kind of making his money off us because, you know, he's had... Gigs at Victory in Business, um, as I said, doesn't doesn't come cheap, Daryl. He probably um, makes sorry. He probably and it's been going for five years. He probably makes royalties every time the stadium played as well. Yeah, so, to some degree, you'd be making some kind of cash off that. So, and every every yeah. time a Vic fan has a Spotify play or something like that, he'll make it too. Yeah, he's 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 dined out on us for five years. Exactly, he has dined out well and truly on for Buck's sake. So. Um, this, this past week, you know, Western United, not, uh, well, not, not very popular at the moment, struggling for fans and all that kind of stuff. We all know, um, those issues. They thought they would, um, get, get Big Daryl in for a, uh, a gig before their season opener. Um, this, I think it was on the 28th, uh, yeah, 28th in Geelong. So Daryl Braithwaite has accepted the gig, um, has played to about you know, 3,000, maybe even less at that time by the time he got on stage, maybe an hour before the game or half hour before the game. Um, just completely throwing it back in Victory fans' faces. You know, this kind of organic, unofficial anthem of Melbourne Victory, he's just gone and sung at uh, one of our supposed, you know, city rivals. So... Daryl Braithwaite, it's 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 the end for you, mate, at Melbourne Victory. The, the gravy train ticket is officially being ripped up. This is the I guess the this the eulogy for, for Daryl Braithwaite at Melbourne Victory Games. So I think that uh, as a call to arms, I think that as Victory fans we need to stand for something. I know it's a, not a not a strong rivalry at the moment with Western United, but they can't be doing that stuff. They can't be doing that stuff. And Daryl Braithwaite, I, I'm more disappointed in him more than anything because he's obviously just not really given a shit at all. Taken the cash, um, has accepted the cash and, and, and run away and, and has kind of um, 
given victory not even an afterthought. So this is the end for Daryl Braithwaite and Melbourne Victory. You don't realise who you've messed with, mate. This is this is over for you. There will be no more horses after the game. Uh, we implore the club to publicly condemn the actions of Daryl Braithwaite and announce that they will not be playing his song uh, when we win on Saturday night. The the song will not be played, and um, yeah, it's over for Daryl Braithwaite. So this is uh, our call to arms. Hashtag cancel Daryl. Um, it's it. That's it. So that's it for Dale Braithwaite. Let's get into our season preview. Now, Buds, we did this last year. We kind of changed pace a little bit rather than go through each player, uh, which is a little bit lame and, and I guess, vanilla. Uh, We thought we'd go through kind of what we anticipate to be the big talking points over the course of the season throughout the squad. So what what are the things that we think that we're going to be talking about throughout the the course of the podcast season? So we, we hit this on the, the head pretty well last year. We got about maybe seven or eight of the 13 talking points we had last year. Um, we're, we're, pretty much, uh, we're pretty much true or came to fruition. So hopefully we can kind of um, hit around that number again. It'll be nice. Um, and yeah, see if we can kind of predict the big talking points from the season. So before we do that though, Buds, you've got the, I guess your own predicted starting 11 mm-hmm. for, for, for round one. So if you want to give me a quick run through as to how you think this, the starting 11 is going to line up um, heading into the season. I think we're going to go a four, uh, four, two, three, one. Excuse me. I'm just digesting that beautiful eulogy, mate. Um, <laughs> and uh, that Emotional bitter taste, that bitter taste in my mouth from Daryl. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a four-two-three-one, mate. I think Crocom is going to start in goal. Um, there's probably something we'll delve into the goalkeeping situation um, in the talking points shortly. Uh, fullbacks Stormru starting. Um, Look, Ryan Shotton should be number one, but he's probably still... No one actually knows where he is. Um, he's probably still in quarantine, so it'll be Nick Ansel, and I think it's probably going to be Anderson. I think as uh, the centre-halves, Traore. And then we're going to have uh, Brimmer and Butterfield as the centre-mids. Then we're going to have McManaman, uh, Rojas, and... Oh, this this is actually the tricky one. Who's going to play at the ten? Mm-hmm. I think it's probably going to probably going to be Rojas at the ten, and then you're going to get Elvis Camp Sober starting on the left wing with Rudy Gasted up front. That's how I think it will play out. Um, best starting eleven, if you want to go with that. I, I've got two of them here. Yep. I've got a four. I've got another four-two-three-one where you'd have the center half pair. The only changes would be the center half pairing is Shotten, and yep. then Ansel. Ansel probably by default until he gets injured. Uh, then you've got Brimmer, Butterfield, McManaman. You put Cruz in at that ten with Rojas on the left and Rudy Gasted up front. Uh, the four-four-two is going to be Rue, Shotten, uh, Traore. Uh, then either going to be Ryan or Ansel. Uh, Rojas, Butterfield, Brimmer, McManaman with Gisted and Falami playing a big man, small man up front now. I uh, I think that's how they're going to start up this year. Okay, so let's let's delve into the talking points and I'll, I'll start off with, I guess, going from the top and that's the, the keeper situation. So talking point number one 
Is the fact that the number one keeper spot uh, is up for grabs, does it make you worried? Um, the reason why I say that, and I write that down, is because we go into the, the season and we think Crocom is the number one, but Acton has, the kind of, I guess, the, the advantage of not even incumbency, but just the fact that he's been there for so long. And this was kind of the role that he was being groomed for for so long. The reason why he's re-signed contracts when he's been nothing but a reserve keeper is uh, kind of waiting in the wings for his time for, for Laurie Thomas to move on to bigger and better things and Matt Acton to kind of uh, take this uh, role by uh, by the scruff of the neck. But it hasn't really occurred. He's, his Asian Champions League form was a little bit scratchy. I wasn't. I wouldn't say Crokin was uh, was amazing, but he did have some really good moments and good games. So it kind of throws up a little bit of a question mark, a little bit of the unknown going into the season. Does that, I guess, that doubt or, um, yeah, I suppose doubt is probably the best word. Does that worry you at all that we don't have a down and out, bedded down number one goalkeeper, and there might be a period of time when these guys have a run of bad games and then he gets changed and then he has to try and get into form and then he has a bad run of bad games and he gets changed. It just seems like it might be a bit of chopping, changing throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I think the only concern is that there's not a um, um, a better down number one, but uh, we know competition for places is good. It's actually a bit of a tough one and I think um, Matty Acton in particular is probably being judged pretty harshly um, from the howler in the ACL. I think um, on, on the small sample size that we've got to look at for uh, Crocom, uh, he definitely looks like he has better distribution. Um, Acton, we know, is probably a better shot stopper off what we know. Um, but we just can't forget that we were all pretty happy with Matt Acton as the, uh, the one that was going to replace Lawrence Thomas. He's done his dues. Sorry, he's paid his dues quite a bit at the club. Um, for a period of last year, he was keeping Lawrence out of the team um, when Lawrence was coming back from an injury. And look, if we're going to... A lot of people are being rough on Acton from his ACL form because of his distribution, which wasn't great, but that Beijing team pressed us like we've never seen before. So I don't see him being rushed into action and rushed into some decisions that he was making over in Asia in the Asian Champions League with the pace of the A-League. So it's a tough one to judge right now. But yeah, you'd probably think... Who knows how Grant Brebner's going to go with this one, but off what we've seen from the ACL, it'll probably be Crocom starting. Yeah. And I think that we'll see we'll see Acton. I think given a good goal of it at some stage throughout the course of the season. I don't think that uh, that spot has been kind of I guess put down yet in pen. It's uh, well and truly up for grabs. Uh, talking point number two is the back four solid and deep enough. What are your thoughts? I, I think that. Um, this is a, a pretty decent back four. Uh, Ansel is the only question mark for me. Storm Rue is becoming more consistent. I think as time goes on, I think that um, I think the the most common description of him, I think Rudy Edsel is probably the best uh, describer of this guy, just a solid A-League player at best. And I, I think that he fits into the squad well. He's been there for a little while. Uh, we've got some good depth off the bench, I think, now with, uh, with uh, Ryan. So... Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think that maybe we're 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 trending in the right direction with that. I'm not too sure. You said that Shotton, we don't even know where he is right now. Um, 
yeah, we signed Ryan Shotton about uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, a little bit concerning is a is a COVID denier um, from from the <laughs> from the looks of his Twitter. Um, that's a little bit concerning. But uh, if he's if he's as good at denying defenders as he is at denying COVID, I think that we're going to have a, a pretty good defender in uh, in Ryan Shotton. So um, yeah, what are, what are your impressions of the back four heading into the season? Look, I just mentioned that uh, I was I was liking that there was a uh, you know competition for spots in the goalkeeping situation. The biggest battle in this squad is actually f- between Ansel Anderson and Ryan for that centre back spot next to Shotton. So big shop window now for the three of them. Um, big shop window now for the three of them. So uh, it's probably going to be. I think I said in the lead up here that I think Anderson's going to be starting next to Ansel. So I, that was my mistake. I think it's going to be Ryan. I think Ryan yep. will probably start next to Ansel um, in in the centre back spots. And um, oh look, I think yeah, Storm Rue is a bit of a, an enigma with great performances. Uh, he's either he's either really good and no one wants to admit it, or he's terrible and everyone wants to admit it. He is the whipping boy of the side, unfortunately. And as you rightly pointed out, he has grown um, in his time at Melbourne Victory. And yes, yeah, some, some some games he's absolutely amazing. I think he's a horses for courses player. Um, but yeah, look if we can get if we can get a seventy five percent Adam Traore will be will be happy for the year because um, you know he's not getting any younger and his injuries are starting to really. Um, become a bit prevalent for us but look you 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 probably put money on lee broxham being in that back four by the end of the year yeah i'll circle back to my joke because i rehearsed it for two weeks and i fucked it up it was as good as denying attackers not defenders, <laughs> as he is at covid then we'll have a good defender i fucked that joke up i had it up my sleeve for two weeks and i fucked it um, oh well. All right. So you you actually went through. You blasted a few of my talking points there. Uh, will we see the Torre of old? He was up and down last season. Um, had some flashy moments. Was coming back from a pretty um, serious knee injury. Uh, we need to see him. He's such an important player. We need to see the best of him. And uh, you know the the reason why we we fought so hard to get him back is because we know his quality and we didn't see it enough last season. Um, are we going to see the Torre of old, and uh, how does how does he how does he impact, or what's his importance for people that don't watch the games as closely, or don't know as much, or maybe new to the Melbourne victory? How important is a firing on all cylinders, Adama Torre, to this setup? Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna put him on the same side as Marco Rojas, and you want to drive out of the back, and then the quick ball movement up to Rojas to either play, make, or score goals, it's absolutely vital for this side. Um, yeah, we we need to see the uh, the Adama Traore of old, and I just hope he doesn't do what he did to us last year and just have these injury scares, where he goes where he goes down early in a game, gets back up and keeps playing. But geez, it's, it's been heart in the mouth stuff a few times with him in the last year. But uh, yeah, look, his runs up and down the wing, he doesn't get beaten much. He's definitely a level above in terms of the full backs when fully fit. In this um in this competition, and we're we're lucky we get to watch him every week. So I do hope we get to watch him every week. Well, that's a that's a good point you make actually because he went off in that Champions League game. Yeah. So the club is historically uh, mum on these kind of matters, and 
you probably won't even. I wouldn't be surprised to not even see him in the starting lineup on Saturday night because he's probably done a, a four or five weeker calf or something like that. I think it was a calf, was it a calf or groin, something to do uh, soft tissue. So yeah, we might not see him, and, and we probably won't find out until the team is announced on on Saturday night. Club club is his story. Oh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not saying this. I'm not going to say it. No. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it in just a moment because oh, the, I, I don't the know Robbie what, Cruz the Robbie Cruz <laughs> thing is is fucking ridiculous. He has a knee injury. What type of knee injury is it? Is it an ACL? Is it a PCL? Is it just a sore knee? Is it a clean out? Robbie Cruz went down in July um, with a knee injury, and they just said it's a knee injury. Like, and he's he's still weeks away when we're heading into the season in December or January. He'll be so months away, mate. He'll be months away. Yeah. So is it is it like it can't if if the timetable is maybe towards the opening rounds of the season that it may be a PCL or a medial or something like that not a, not a full ACL tear but yeah that the club is just ridiculously awful with this with this injury stuff they they fly under the radar because there's not a large contingency of of football specific media in Melbourne where you know the AFL you have pl- like um, you know doorstop interviews of players walking in to get scans on their leg or whatever like that so there's there's more of a demand to, to know what's going on with AFL players by comparison and, and Melbourne Victory fly under the radar because no one's really asking it at presses or anything like that or forcing the issue so yeah, when we talk about Adama Traore, don't be surprised to not see him in the lineup on Saturday night, and then they'll they'll announce along with the the team sheet. Oh yeah, by the way, Adama Traore is eight weeks away. It's um it's frustrating for fans, especially this year. With, uh, oh, with look, COVID. it's very it's it's super frustrating, and the club are really cursed with early season ones as well. Yeah, there's always someone that goes down at training. Um, in the in the in the week leading up to the game, we or did we see it? We saw it last season with Hoogland. Yeah, um, it's you know, and you just ne- you just never know. You don't know the timelines or anything. So yeah, it is frustrating. They don't, they don't have to tell a shit, but well, it's super frustrating. Yeah. Uh, next talking point is where is Lee Broxham in the pecking order to start the season? You said before he may finish in the back. Uh, back four at the end of the season. This is going back to the Lee Broxham of old. He's a he's actually a a back to back victory medalist. He's won the last two years, um, but there's not a spot for him in the starting eleven. I don't think this this season is there. If we if we went through it, there's not really a spot for him. And there's some there's some decent depth off the bench in terms of he. He's, I wouldn't even call him the the. I'd say maybe he might be the third the third sub. I think maybe yes you'll, you'll have. It, it, with a with a full eleven, you might have Falami, Cam Sober, um, maybe Ryan or Anderson, depending on what they think uh, they need at the time. So maybe he's like a, a third or fourth, you know, option off the bench at the moment. And through through no fault of his own, apart from just um, you know, theoretically, we've just improved in in the spots that he plays in. Yeah. So if you if you want to break it down on where he could play, so. We've said Cruz's whereabouts is unknown, and we've banked that he'll probably be injured for 60% of the season, which means we'll probably see Cam Sober more than we probably should have to, as Rojas will probably move central, then unless uh, Brimmer will take that advanced role and Brock's then partners Butterfield, 
but I still don't think we see Kadar getting that spot. So Kadar could then get that spot and then obviously it's off to Brock's to take one in the back four because personally I'd like to see Kadar getting that first number 10, uh, like that first sub as a number 10 to come in as the attacking player. So you, 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 are, you are right. You might see Cam Sobar and Kadar coming in before Brock. So Brock's could be, yeah, third, third off the rank. But you never know. He'll probably find his way into the first 11 like he always does. Well, yeah, that's the most fascinating thing is how does he find his way into this? And as you know, history tells us that he does every year. So um, who, is he, who is he kicking out? Who's going to fail? Who's going to get injured? It's uh, basically going to be one of those reasons why he gets in. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that all plays out. Uh, a, a talking point I didn't throw in, but Broxham would be captain, but you can't really... Can you give the captaincy to a third option or fourth option off the bench you can't really so is it is it Marco Rojas who gets captain or is it someone else like I, I really can't even picture who it would be birthday card theory bro yeah Rojas. birthday card theory it stays we'll, we'll see we will see on Saturday yeah we will absolutely and, and that's that's interesting another thing that the club haven't even announced who the captain is um, heading into this season because of course it was Ola last year and they they had a presser for him in a fucking simmons display home with uh jacob poulsen and uh, whoever else i think tommy dem was there too um yeah those are the days hey so they haven't even 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 announced that this season it's a it's a metricon home mate not only did western united steal our daryl not only did western united steal our daryl they've now got a uh, housing developer as well on the front of their shirts that's right. Isn't it ironic that Western United uh, have Pro Build and Simmons Homes on the front of their shirt, but they can't build a fucking stadium? They don't yeah. have close enough money for that. So, yeah, quite ironic that they've got building companies. Wasn't Pro Build? Pro Build was supposed to build that stadium. So, this, if anyone who thinks, oh, the stadium might get built, maybe this is a sign that if the club, sorry, if the company that was supposed to build the stadium who was on your front of shirt jumps off the next year, what does that tell you about that relationship? Um, people in the know will know. Um, oh, Dave! Dave's faceless men know. Dave's faceless men know. If you if you know anything, we we can't reveal much. But I think maybe the statute of limitations are off. That stadium is not getting built. No way. I don't think. I think from what last time I heard that's allegedly allegedly it's not happening. Oh, let's talk quickly about. Uh, we haven't. I didn't throw this in the rundown. <laughs> what do you think about um, Melbourne City going to Dandenong? Matty Whitley gets his team eleven. Uh, <laughs> look. Um, Look, football's got to go there. Um, yes. Um, I don't know if it's going to be the sugar hit until they... It's not going to be the southeastern suburb sugar hit until they um, build a stadium and play out yeah. there, um, much like in the West. Um, look, I was I was all for it and happy for Matty Windley um, for about 24 hours until he posted a, uh, a thing saying, Team City, we've arrived. <laughs> and it was all Melbourne City stuff, and I was like, oh, yuck. Um Nah, still got a lot of time for Maddie Winley. Got got all the time in the world for Maddie Winley. It's just Melbourne City. No, ah, uh, look, yeah. look. Ultimately, it'll be it's a generational thing for for them. Um, look, until until kids and I mean kids, kids in high school, like fourteen year olds and that, start seeing their friends going to play for that side, um, and you can get a generation coming through to support that club. I I I still don't know where all their fans are going to come from, but I don't know. Good luck to them all. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right because they need that stadium um, and maybe, you know, Man City, who obviously the, the City Football Group are owners of uh, Melbourne City, 
They've got lots of splash, uh, lots of cash to splash, rather. I'm not too sure, but have you ever seen, um, if you go into YouTube and you type in, um, like, 2,000 Chinese build a railroad or build a building in 20 hours, maybe that's what uh, Melbourne City need to do. They just need to, you know, obviously their owners are, are no strangers to slave labor, just hire, like, 2,000 people. Mm just to build a stadium in like eight hours. And you go on YouTube, there's heaps of these videos of just Chinese workers just building something. Yeah, it's like the Wuhan, uh, the Wuhan uh, COVID hospital. Yes, yeah. So that's that's maybe what needs to happen. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a huge growth goal. Matty Winley uh, put in so much work in building that community and building uh, those kind of grassroots connections. So if, uh, if he continues in, in that kind of vein, then I think that it'll be very successful. But... It's an established name, and pe- maybe people don't want to jump on an established name. So, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But um, if they can get a stadium out there, that would be huge. Oh, that'd be huge. That'd be big. That'd be big. Yeah, yeah. Next talking point is: Is there a chance this midfield could bomb as badly as last year? We went into the into last year with kind of a excited enthusiasm, um, which we quickly discovered in about three or four weeks i think that's all it took and maybe in round two we were like this is this is not it this is not it um could you imagine this this midfield tanking as bad as last year no i can't it was within within round one uh probably within about 30 minutes around one i knew dobris was an absolute um we'd been hoodwinked with that one and by round two we we'd figured out that paulson was no good um and Hoogland took forever so the the jam was you know firmly out of the donut by about round three or four with this midfield I've already seen enough to know that you know Brimmer's going to be a find Butterfield's got what it takes McManaman and Rojas will be good I think I think it's been some sound some sound recruitment with some players that already have pre-existing chemistry and, um, you know, the guys come from, you know, uh, McManaman and Butterfield are Luton Town. Plus there's uh, Gestead and Shotton from Borough. So guys that have already know each other and familiar with each other, I think. They're, they're, and they'll complement our players like Rojas, etc. And, yeah, you know, we might get 10 games out of Robbie Cruz. Well, that was my next talking point. You're just brushing through all these talking points. Did you read them? Because you're, just, you're uh, just answering all of them in one question. <laughs> No, I didn't really read them. I like, <laughs> right, I like, cool. I like being not rehearsed. Yeah, no, I, I do as well. All right, yeah. uh, I'll just keep making up a, th- a few. But my next one was actually, if you were a bookmaker, um, what's the over under line that you're setting for Robbie Cruz games this season? Um, what, what are we playing? Twenty something, twenty six, I think it may be twenty six. It's ten. Ten. Yeah. It's 10. So you're sitting at ten point five games. Are you going? Are you going over that mark or under? Ah, uh, ooh. So if that's the line uh, you're setting. It sounds like right, a bet so, on it. So it's a dollar ninety. Yeah, it's a dollar ninety each way. I would go ten, ten and a half. Ten point five. So it needs to play oh. eleven games for you to win the bet if you're betting over. I'm because it's. I'm. I'm going to bet over. I'm going to bet okay. over. I'm. I have to be. I have to be positive. Yes. I have to be. Re- I have to be really positive with it. Well, that's the thing. If he does come back, let's just say he does come back, then he's a new signing. Yes. Because we've had hardly any any games from him, and if he comes back and he's 
fit and he scores a couple of goals, if he contributes um, you know, a few assists, then you have that front third of Gested, Rojas, you have Cruz, you have Falami, who we think is is capable. Mm-hmm. Um, Luis Loriatanzio even shows something like a, a little bit. I, I doubt he'll get much game time if um, in the early stage of the season. Um, but if they're serious about betting, you know, youngsters, then maybe it's 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 an exciting front third. And if he can get this right, so we do need to be positive because if he can get this right, then oh. it it it's huge because it, it makes us one of the best front threes, uh, front attacking thirds in in the in the league. Yeah, and you could look. You could on the on the other side flip Rojas into Tim and put Cruz and McManaman out wide to feed to feed Gisted and Rojas, and then you've yeah. still got you've still got a Brim. You will get goals out of Brimmer as well. He's a he's a driving, attacking mid. Yeah. So, and McManaman I didn't even mention. So he's kind of been playing on that wing at the moment. So it's almost it's it's pretty stacked. There'll be one of those one of those guys starting on the bench. You would think uh, maybe Robbie Cruz is more of a super sub. I'd love to see him, you know, play more minutes, but maybe from a management thing, just to get him over the line, you you bring him on for thirty minutes a game, um, to try and change the dynamics of a of a game um, late on. Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's actually competition for spots there, and it's uh, it's a stacked um, front third if if uh, Robbie Cruz can can play a meaningful role. Uh, mm. Yeah, you just got you got to play him. You yeah. just sorry, you've just got to play him. I think I think there's no point in. In um, treading carefully with him because most of his injuries come from training. Most mm. of his big injuries have come through training. Obviously, there's the one in the um, the Asian Cup, the the ACL he did there, which wasn't in training. But many say he's never been the same player since then. Mm. But I think if you've got him, you have to play him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess we'll uh, hopefully try and extract a bit of value out of him this year because it's uh, yeah, it's pretty much a new signing if we can, if we can get it right. Uh, all right, uh, let's set the over underline for Alvis Cam Sober goals this season. If you're a bookmaker, what are you setting the line at, and what are you betting? Are we doing? Are we, I'm gonna, let's say one point five, one one point five goals. So two goals, you win if you bet the over. One goal, you win if you bet the under. What do you, what do you think? One point five. Loading up on under. the unders. Loading yeah. up on the unders. Um, I'll load it up on the unders and I'll multi that with a cruise over 10.5. Okay. All right. Unders. Yeah, that makes sense because if that if Cruz plays, then Cam Sober's role is diminished a little bit. Uh, and I guess we'll, we'll see. This is, uh, you, you said he might start in the starting 11 to start the year, but uh, he might play that super sub role that everyone's saying mm. that uh, he's, he's uh, ready for, he's the guy for. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, the final one I've got is who will be the surprise of the season? Who's going to be, I guess, this is maybe more framed to either a new signing or a youngster. Who's going to be the, the guy that we're talking about as, funnily enough, the the one that we come, came away with last year with the most enthusiasm was Anthony Lesiotis, who is now not at the victory anymore. Who's going to be the one that um, you, you think is is the one that we're talking about as the one of the surprise packets of the season? Well, even before Lesiotis, we we went with Brandon Lawton, and that hasn't really no gone north like we thought it would. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm stuck on this one. You tell me yours, and I'll think of something else. Do you have one? I think going off, 
I really like I really like the look of Falami. I think he's just got yeah. that 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 athletic build of like a successful striker. And I think if you can get one of those young who contributes, which we I don't think we've had many of those, those kind of young players that actually contribute and um, you know kind of valuable to our side. We've had a few in the past which were you know coming through the ranks and then fucked off overseas. But I think we've got a, a young player for the season um, who looks like a likely type. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do, but I am a little bit fearful that he's going to fall pretty far down the pecking order. And I'm, I'm very weary of this being a wasted season for him in the, in the sense of coming over from Europe, wanting that development and that game time in your know, senior football and not getting it because he's fallen behind the pecking order of Gested or uh, Robbie Cruz or, or some kind of setup. So I'm, I'm hoping to see a lot of Falami um, this season, but otherwise it has to be off the, the back of the ACL campaign. Um, Bruma, I don't think that we were expecting him to, to be as integral in the team when he was signed as what we saw mm. in the ACL. So he's going to be huge for us. And I think that he's going to be possibly a, a decisive game winner hopefully yeah look i want to i want to even take it back a little bit further than that i think off the back of the hub situation i want to see burke and kadar yep have a, have a really big one i think that's that that's the one that would warm my heart the most um you really want to see the kids that have come through the youth team um do, do the business together so you'd love to see triple l and more so kadar uh, do it, but yeah. Look, I think the the obvious one that you've brought out is Falami. Look, he should do everything he possibly can to get the game time because it just means that you know the flow on effect is going to be good for him because it'll mean Olympics, it'll mean Tokyo, and that's a yeah. good thing for the Ollie Roos, which we all want as well. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't be upset if we saw Falami really take a step. It's a pretty obvious one to pick out of that one too. Yeah, absolutely. So that wraps up my talking points. Um, we'll get to some predictions. Uh, what's your overall season prediction for Melbourne Victory? Where are we finishing on the uh, on the table? And if it's in the top six, how far do we go? I think we're a good enough side for four to six. I think this league's actually really hard to predict at the moment. I think the obvious two that you could say will be at the top will be um, Sydney FC and Melbourne City. And the bottom two you'd probably say is going to be Central Coast and Newcastle. Mm -hmm. And then anything between that is pretty much up for grabs. So, look, I think we're going to be a... Four to six finishing team. If if we can get over ten and a half out of Cruz, and we can, and Ryan Shotton is a good player. Look, I actually I think that if you're going to ask me later about who's probably the key man for this season, mm-hmm. I might even put Ryan Shotton there if I think about it a little bit more, because yep. that center center back pairing at the, as it stands. If we're going into the season for most of the season with a front uh, with a back uh, back two pairing in centre backs of Ansel Anderson or Ryan together, um, that could undo some of the really good work we have in attack. So he's probably your your tip for best foreigner. Oh look, I dare say most important foreigner. I think yeah. he, Ryan he needs to come in and um, play a uh, play to a level of a Matthew Del Piero or Reese Williams. Mm-hmm which yeah. is going to be pretty hard to do because both of those guys are pretty accomplished players. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. So uh, it's yeah, that's that's kind of been the 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 role that we've been trying to fill for five years now with uh, with after Del Pierre. So we've been trying to fill it for I think what maybe yeah five years now. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, what's your outlandish prediction for this season? We uh, we were pretty bad on these last year. I said Andrew Nabu twenty goals, not even close. Hmm. Doesn't look like he's going to score many in the first six weeks of the season now either. Shredded it. Um, uh, look, I'll, I'll, outlandish. Do we want outlandish? Do you want an outlandish positive or outlandish negative? Uh, give me one from either side. Uh, outlandish negative is that Melbourne Victory missed the finals. Um, yeah. Okay. Outlandish positive is. Rudy Gestead mm-hmm. is that good that we forget we ever had Ola Toivonen? No, that's not. That's, that's outlandish. That's too outlandish. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think there's there's a genuine possibility that uh, we could miss finals because it could go all pear-shaped. And the, the interesting thing about it is how this team is going to go in the first five or six weeks. Because I don't know what Bremner's identity just yet is. And I don't think even he knows because you, you see the Asian Champions League um, squad and there was a little bit of a style, but then that kind of turns on its head with uh, a striker like Rudy Gestead come on because you have to maybe try and uh, account for him and, and play to his strengths. Um, so it'll be, yeah, a little bit interesting to see what happens in the first five or six weeks while that takes time to gel. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't expect too much in the first five or six weeks, but then uh, we'll probably know one way or the other whether this is going to actually go anywhere or, or not um, after that point in time. Uh, I'll stay on Rudy Gestead as well. I'm going to say he's going to score eight goals or more from his head. So that's my outlandish prediction. It's kind of outlandish, kind of. It's it's like a safe outlandish prediction. It's pretty safe. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're not good. We're not great with headed goals. We haven't had a history of uh, of great headers, uh, head, like heading strikers of the ball. So um, yeah, let's let's hope for uh, a few a few into the mixer, and a few goals off the uh, the noggin of. Of Rudy Gestead. All right, so that's that's going to wrap up our season preview. Let's talk about this preview. This uh, this first round game was well, not even the first round because Brisbane Roar have already played, so it's technically the second round or something. I'm not even sure what's going on. Uh, Melbourne Victory versus Brisbane Roar. The fans are back at Amy Park. Who would have thought that the fans would be back? Um, but that is the case. So I think it's going to be a capacity of is it fifty percent? Fifty percent? Yeah. Yeah, it's fifty percent. Early indications on the forum was people that were buying tickets this week said that the packs, which is kind of like, as each ticket is printed, you see what ticket the order is printed in. I think someone was buying tickets this week where it was only like four thousand packs, so it's it's not might not be a huge crowd. I mean, it wasn't going to be a huge crowd already, but not might not even be at the fifteen fifty percent capacity, which is around about fifteen thousand. Um, the club released some kind of guidelines or, or things like that today about how this is going to look. So I think from what I can kind of gather is that on your ticket, you're allocated a time that you have to arrive into the stadium, which is like a 15, 20 minute window um, yep. that you have to go in. Um, you have to wear your mask, I think at the turnstile. The, the mask rule at the moment just across Melbourne is very, very weird and it's all over the place. So I have to wear a mask at the supermarket, but I can go to a cafe and I have to wear a mask. I go to... 
some store I don't have to wear it because no one else is wearing it. Then I go to a different store and everyone's wearing it. Very confused right now. I'm pro mask. I'm pro Dan Andrews, but I'm very fucking confused of what's going on right now. But anyway, I digress. Uh, there's not going to be, there's going to be spacing. So I don't know what that means for your terraces and, and you boys you. who are going, you boys who are going, um, there's going to be spacing. So yeah, that, that so, kind of takes away from the atmosphere a little bit being, especially when you haven't seen a lot of these people, like the, the crew that we go with, we haven't seen them in, in a long, long time. So if you came in my allocation, okay, yeah. and the tickets that I've purchased, you can stand next to me, but say someone else like our dear friend Nadia, okay, yeah. you have to stand two seats away from her because you're not in her allocation. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's it's gonna be a nightmare, um, but um, we all want to live in this COVID safe environment. So let's hope it all works. Yeah, the, my tickets say I've got to enter the stadium at six forty-five till six fifty-five. Yeah. Um, I any any stadium in Australia apart from the MCG is a palaver in terms of unorganised, inefficient staff at the best of times. So. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm fully expecting a crowd, a, a small smallish crowd, but it's going to look like there's going to be a massive crowd when you get to the gate because they will no doubt have one gate open <laughs> yeah. uh, at either side of the stadium, and there will be a huge line waiting to get in. It'll be a shit show. It'll be slow, and a lot of people will miss kickoff. Um, that's probably what I think will happen. Um, be just purely because stadium staff are generally super, super disorganised, and it's going to be Amy Park's first crack at it for a long time. So they did. Amy Park did release a tweet late this afternoon with a little video outlining it all as well. Yeah. Don't know whether that's the same one the club did with Archie Thompson. Yeah, I think that might have been the one that was the... Yeah. I think that was the thing. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> People say that VAR is ruining goal celebrations in the stands. Imagine a, a COVID celebration. It's going to be just as weird because um, you can't... You can't. Can you hug anyone? Can you high-five them? I don't know what you can do. You can't do too much. Unless they're in your allocation, then it's fine. Oh, you can elbow or fist pump. Elbow or fist pump. Okay. Mm. Well, that's not too bad. We can elbow or fist pump people. Mm. Uh, so, Brisbane Raw, uh, they went down... In their first game, is that right? They lost to Melbourne City. Yeah, one nil. One nil. So we're getting them on a loss. Um, not too much to take. Uh, you know, I guess in terms of predictions, you know, they are one of the ones that are kind of predicted not to do well this season by most pundits. They're they're down um, outside of the six. We're kind of on the bubble or, or just inside. So we hopefully are going to see how strong we are in the first game or what we can do there'll, there'll be flashes um there'll be some some probably times when things aren't connecting too well um but yeah i'm excited just to see the victory again playing uh, at amy park in front of fans and uh, a, a new fresh clean slate uh where optimism is high you know we haven't had optimism for 18 months buds it's been what august last year since we last went into a season with some kind of hope that we could do something. So it's been a long, long time between drinks, but um, yeah, just excited to see the Melbourne Victory play again. Um, do you have any kind of prediction that you want to make on this one? Uh, look, I think that if you look at, um, from what I saw last night, Brisbane have, I, I, I don't really think they're going to, 
trouble us too much, but they've got some good young players. I think Wenzel Halls is a good young player. He's getting played. Uh, you've got Joey C, the returning failed rapper. He's um, <laughs> he's yeah, you know, his his football's actually not half bad. It's much better than his music. Um, and then you've got I think Akbari and Danzaki. Um, I'm not sure whether oh, and they've got Scotty McDonald too, and he's still just screaming at his teammates and just being a dickhead on field. So um, I think. Brisbane Raw will probably trouble us more in a week's time when we play them because we're playing them twice in a row due to New yeah, South right. Wales. Um, so I think we, we won't be troubled too much by them down here. I think two games in a couple of days is probably going to take it out of their legs and we should be we should be ripe and ready to go. Uh, can we get an over-under on the uh, the amount of beers Dave's going to drink on Saturday night? I think he's back in town. He's currently on holidays, but he's going to be back in town. Can we get an over-under on uh, Dave being let out off the leash for the first time in months? Yeah, so pre-game, Dave will be over five and a half pints. Yep. But in Dave's own words, um, I'm going to do it. Um, I don't drink that. Carlton and United Brewery swill, <laughs> so he won't drink. He won't drink the beer that's on offer at the stadium. He'll he'll find a way to do something. Yeah, before. well, yeah. So he'll he'll yeah he'll load up on some craft beer before maybe the corner corner downstairs. Corner downstairs. So, yeah, corner downstairs, uh, and then he'll get in probably. You'd say three, four dim sims. You reckon three or four dim sims? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> And then, and then I reckon he might give it maybe a cider because that's that's the loophole, isn't it? That's uh, for anyone who doesn't know that they've got full strength cider there instead of the uh, the mid strength beer in the evenings as per the Victorian law. So there's a bit of a, a cider loophole. So anyone who's astute with that will know that you get on the ciders if you want to keep bruising. So maybe Dave will, will get on the ciders. And then mm, where will he head afterwards? Corner upstairs. Corner upstairs. There's no, he doesn't do upstairs. He, he doesn't, doesn't do upstairs. upstairs. No. No. Okay. Has changed a little no. bit in recent years. What it's, does he do after the game? Uh, it'll be downstairs. But Back to downstairs. Back to downstairs. Um... Telling a few stories from the glory days. Mm-hmm. Definitely not season one because he wasn't there, as we all know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think uh, he might even sneak off to the Richmond uh, train station cafeteria and grab a couple of dim sims as well. I think there could be the afters on the dim sims as well. Yeah, that'll be after his phantom. Dave, I reckon, is a pretty notorious phantomer, isn't he, as well? You kind of duck off and say, oh, I was too fucked up. I was too fucked up. He's pretty. He's, he's old. He, he needs to get in a bed early, too. He does start yeah, the book. Does. But in his defense, he will be starting like a house on fire. When we get to the corner, it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be like Fonzie in happy days. Yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be on for young and old. He'll be, clicking his, he'll be clicking his fingers and a pint will be there. It'll, yeah. it'll be on. It'll be on now. What I, will, what I will do for the punters from the FES account, I will, I will nab a picture of Dave eating dim sims at the game <laughs> and, and, a, uh, and a cider if I can as well. Yeah. Cheeky, cider, cheeky cider pick. Yeah, uh, I'm spewing to be missing it because I haven't I haven't been to a game in two years almost. I fucking want to get to one, but hopefully uh, in a few weeks once this uh, shit with the twins dies down, I think it takes like two weeks and they're fine, right? I think that'll be fine. Yeah, I'll go fine. out, go out and have some have some beers and some dim sims with Dave. Um, 
I'm not sure how next week is going to look. I'll, I'm, 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 I'm going into this with the best of intentions that I can keep doing podcasting, um, which I think will be okay. Um, if not, I, I might just sit in the background while you guys talk and just have it on mute and I'll, I'll edit it afterwards or something like that. Yeah, I'll um, figure something out. Yeah, so I'll, I'll be here, whether it's in the background or talking um, next week. So we'll, we'll wrap it up. Dave will be back, I hope. Um, yeah, it's the start of the grind again about 25 26 weeks six months to go let's uh let's get right deep down into it uh speaking of which actually um uh, just before i go um Stephen popovich the announcer he announced that he's uh he's gone we didn't even get a call up did he yeah he, he, he did like about five or six hours ago you go into the the melbourne victory instagram page he said he's farewell he's going to he's in he's in serbia he's doing TV work in Serbia this year and they've got some guy who's called I think Adrian Franklin he's he's the new uh, MC at games I, th- I guess that uh, you know Western Sydney their, their podcast guys are now MCs the the guys that do the Western Sydney podcast they are the, yeah. the MCs and the pre-game presenters they, they just don't they don't like us do they Turner Turner was doing the um the Wanderers TV before the game tonight. Yeah, he still yeah he still does that. He does the pregame and then he does the MC. So Michael Turner has been on this podcast. I think they times. get hooked up. I think they get hooked up with kits too. I think him and Tatiana yeah. get hooked up with kits. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind a kit. Nice little relationship there. Um, mm. That's all right. That's all right. We'll we'll just keep look, doing this podcast. As, as long as that's fine. As lo- as look as uh, all, all I want for the first four weeks of the season from the club is them to not play horses. <laughs> yeah, no, no horses. No if horses. they can do that for us, it'd, it'd be good. Be, it'd be a power move if they just did it. Just don't play horses. Or if they, if anyone does, if, if they do play horses, just boo throughout the entire Dar- thing. Daryl Dar- and his team have no clue. They, they, they no, they don't. The, they thought it was the same club. <laughs> Daryl took the money thinking it was the same club for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl had no idea what he was doing. No, I don't, I don't think Daryl knows anything. He just accepts the check. How much? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll be there. All right. Tell you another fun fact before we go. Yeah. I was looking through some interesting facts for our players tonight, like our new signings. Oh, yeah. And Do you know what Nick Ansel's middle name is? <laughs> oh, I think I may have known this one, but tell me. I don't, I could, I've forgotten. Clive. <laughs> Clive. That's beaut. That's beaut. It Clive. suits him. <laughs> anything else yeah. you found? Nah. <laughs> no, that's good. No, that's that go was, out, I thought that was go, great. Go out and high. All right. Yeah, um, enjoy enjoy the game uh, when you oh, go. Well. I'm, I'll be I'll be watching from home. I'll be live tweeting. If anyone else is not going, we'll uh, we'll do that live tweet shit and, uh, and uh, be jealous about people that are at the game. Best of luck to you and your wife, mate. Yeah, thank you. We'll uh, we'll see how tomorrow goes. It's gonna be have a, a good big, sleep, big day. Yeah, thank you. Have a big sleep. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, jump on to patreon.com slash for sake if you want to contribute. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again early next week. Mon the fuck. Mon.